conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Boom. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. It's you and Best me. Day of me the week. You. Uh, uh, uh. Still got a little of the Nashville vibes going through me. Just ready to pop, lock, and drop it. Yeah, you look like you're very well rested, Will. It was a great weekend. Hey, I had a great weekend of rest. What are you talking about? I took two naps. Uh, yeah, it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, How was your week? We, we took a week off, so... Curious to hear how it all went for you. Yeah, it's been busy. Um, as you'll see on the, the screen, I've started my own business with a few others, and we'll we'll get into that more on this show. But joining the the many, many entrepreneurs that we saw during the COVID times break off and start doing their own thing. I love it. So uh yeah, we'll get into it. I want to ask you some questions, but what was the uh the big aha moment? Was it something that happened on this show that like made you want to go create or <laughs> i mean we've dropped hints for for a while of something that <laughs> yeah that, uh i was wanting to to go out and build but at the same time you know i wouldn't say it was any singular event it was just a series of events that played out in a certain way that led me to where i am and that uh that is life you know Certain events played out, and then you took the leap of faith. You started your own company with uh, some other founders, and now you're ready to rock, take over the world, huh? That is very true. We're ready to go. It's uh, it's been fun. I've I've been kind of under the radar for a few weeks, but here we are. Storied collection. We'll get into it. Dope. Well. Uh... Yeah, I was going to say, do you, you want to tell anybody, like for the listeners and the viewers, we have quite a few uh, live right now. Do you want to give them a, a glimpse, a 30, 60 second pitch? What is storied? Yeah, so we're building a collection of castle, chateau, and manor house hotels, uh, primarily across UK and Ireland to begin, hopefully pan Europe afterwards. But 
starting out as a collection, we're going to start acquiring several of these properties ourselves uh, later this year, early next, and then going to build a soft brand out of uh, out of the collection and out of the hopeful successes of, of the ownership that we have. So, you know, a typical castle or manor house today can't be a Marriott because the room sizes are different. The, you know, entryway or signage or even branding uh, can't be part of a, a typical mm -hmm. brand. So we're trying to follow the, the path of design hotels, which picked a super specific niche scaled it and then sold it off to Marriott. So Marriott, I've given you a lot of props on this show for many years. Uh, a few years from now, would love for uh, for that to be reciprocated. <laughs> One day you'll be purchased by Marriott and then you'll be, be working. Who's branded it anyway? <laughs> yeah, we'll be getting into that segment pretty good. Uh, we'll just start showing all the castles every week instead. Um, but just want to say as a, what, we've been co-hosting the show together with Ross for almost two years. So I just want to say, I'm really, really excited for you and really, you know, you, you know, much love going out to storied and excited to uh, watch the journey unfold. Trying to follow the path of you and Ross of starting your own businesses. So, Hey, you know, founders helping founders. That's right. Founders helping founders. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, to jump into the next, I would say quick, segment uh, i wish you were here at this conference that we were at um last week in nashville put on uh by our boy mike shogren and uh also bill faith and so uh for anyone watching i see a lot of facebook people on right now so i'm assuming that's some people from the conference um but uh really good event like it was you you remember uh trying to get a hold of me a couple of times and i was just completely off grid not off grade you're in nashville but um you know just completely sucked into the to the the energy in the room it was really awesome to be to be with everyone in person again um we got a good congratulations also from mads thanks uh, madison woohoo um but no it was just a killer experience and knowing that you know how vrma is and this is not at all a massive you know jab to vrma but it kind of is in some way that there were so many new and hungry and really creative operators that joined um, you know short-term rental industry through you know co-hosting through buying their own property through helping a friend or a family out and and using airbnb as a proper tool and um, not you know creating their brand on airbnb but really just saying okay this is a barrier to entry we can learn as we go. They have a passion for people. And it was just really awesome. Like it was a thousand people sold out um, and it was very educational and connection focused. So it was just an incredible event. I think there's basically, I mean, through the, through the past few years, it's basically become two industries. There's the yeah. traditional vacation rental, which is tied in with BRMA. And then yeah. there's the either urban or, I don't, it's, this isn't my term, but I, I've seen it somewhere. A rentalpreneur, yeah. uh, a person who just kind of falls into it and it becomes their job. And then they want to pursue education and learning and how to be better at it. And they really serve two very different markets. Um, you know, I, I think it's kudos to Shogren, big fan, obviously, guy knows his stuff. 
and mm-hmm. can can pull a crowd. Is there a thousand people there or something? Sold out the venue like at capacity. They said if anybody else shows up, like trying to buy a ticket, they they had to refuse entry. So it was well well, pretty well packed. I hope he's on vacation this week. You you've earned yeah. it, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really cool, and it wasn't just like the educational piece, but as like now that you're in the entrepreneurial phase of your life, um, I think. You know, Mike's so Mike was the closing session on the first day. So like Monday we had like the opening party at night. Tuesday was like game time, seven AM, doors opened all the way until about five PM. And Mike shut it down on Tuesday. And uh he told me backstage or behind the scenes that he was like, Yeah, I was gonna really just talk shop operations, scalability, uh, you know, um what do you call it? System uh, uh whatever. You're you know, you're, you're yeah, your systems, all the other stuff that you have in place. Um, and his wife's like, no, you need to, you need to tell like the story of like how you kind of built this, this life. And, and so, yeah, like we can easily get caught up in the talking shop, but he got to share a story about his son, um, the journey that him and his wife and, and his family went through and the moment of like, this is it. I've had enough living my job, um, p- working for somebody else running out of hours, running out of, you know, paid time off. Um, I want to create this life of, you know, financial freedom for myself. And, and just, he went through on how he did that day by day, week by week, month by month, mentorship, all the other stuff. So it wasn't just a, let's talk about short-term rentals, real estate, all this other stuff. It was really like inspirational, um, almost like even emotional, uh, tearjerker. Can I close it? Oh, dude, I, he got me. He got me good. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah, it's, it was it was really. I good. think it's a path that a lot of people can relate to as well, right? Like, yeah, leaving the nine to five, starting your own is scary. A lot of people fail at it. A lot of people struggle, you know, mightily, and yeah. then there's an aha moment or there's a breakthrough, uh, or I mean, the worst case scenario, you go back to a nine to five, right? Yeah. Um, but Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena, it, uh, there's something to be said about people willing to give it a shot and, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a good old American dream. Well, uh, I remember my, uh, my last day of work as a hotel manager, it was December 27th, 2019, December 28th. All as I said to myself all day long, sink or swim, sink or swim, sink or swim, sink or swim, sink or swim. And, uh, you know, I think you just got to, like, keep pushing no matter what. There is going to be a ton of challenging times. It's going to be shitty sometimes. Um, I know Mike didn't have it the way he has it now right out the gate. Um, but, you know, setting goals, doing all this other stuff, it was really it was really inspirational. So uh, I love the conference. I think VRMA needs to do better at being more inclusive with this type of host versus vacation rental manager um type stuff but i think you know this is going to be an interesting year where we're probably going to see a meeting of the minds basically on on kind of both sides hopefully i would i would love to see that i would prefer that we don't continue to be vrma short-term rental hosts whatever you want to kind of call this segment i would really love for there's a lot we can learn from both sides, you know, like just like we learn from hotels, hotels learn from short term rentals, you know, if if you boil learnings down to one or two things. Rapid fire will. Mm. What, what's the biggest 
takeaway and, and what's the secondary takeaway? I would say that the like the boiling down, the number one thing I took away from it was online we see a lot of people that are either strictly co-hosting or like management model, right? They do a rev share with the owner or it's just arbitrage or it's just they own. I saw like everybody in the room was a mix of everything. There was like, oh, I have one arbitrage unit that we're trying out. I own two and I co-host five. Like, okay, like they have a spread portfolio. Um, and for me, I've never kind of looked at, like I've always been told or kind of thought like you need to pick one. Um, but it seems to work because they can kind of scale and manage their cash flow and their assets through different different ones. So that for me was interesting because it made me kind of open up and go, Maybe, you know, for recreation stays or recreation rentals, um, you know, maybe we could, you know, diversify our portfolio a little bit through the real estate side um, that, you know, I just never thought we'd ever go down. But I wasn't there, but just getting a takeaway on that takeaway to me, it it tells me that it's still very early days in the industry. Mm. And the fact that like we've been at it. Short Rentals has been at it for for a long time, but I like to peg the founding of Airbnb as kind of the start of Short Rentals. If not, don't yell at me. I know, but that's kind of when it became more mainstream. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've been at it 10, 12 years, but people are still trying out new models and testing new things. And you know, I've been saying for probably five years that owner operators the best way to go if you have the capital Mm -hmm. Uh, there's people that have done it but really 2022 has been the year of institutional capital coming in and trying to buy it so creates its own problem but we're on to the next phase the next iteration master rent master leasing wasn't really a thing Uh, i was part of it it rented in the very earliest days of master leasing uh short-term rentals but you know business models are better or worse in different economic uh environments so master leasing any arbitrage the window closes arbitrages Mm -hmm. aren't open forever that's why they're called arbitrage if they were then uh you know i guess good for whoever's been exploiting it but you know buying just two months ago, you could buy a new car and turn around and sell it for 10K more than you bought it for. But that window's closed now. Uh, yeah. It didn't last very long. And so it's it's interesting. Um, you know, the best way for the past five years, in my mind, was owner-operator. But now we might be getting towards where that's not the best way with interest rates being continuing to rise and costs of homes continuing to rise as well so yeah all windows and business models have a life cycle well and one big thing i noticed too is that when it comes to tech stacks vacation rental management companies are on the heavy side because they have to be like they're dealing with big homes and probably spread out through multiple um different locations and maybe one state but the like co-hosting short-term rental arbitrage mass release side um like they have a little bit of tech smart locks um, most likely a breezeway, um, some kind of channel management because they're all, you know, and I, I don't think anyone there was just on Airbnb. I think they had a mix of Verbo and other platforms, but 
like okay. property management yeah property management software um access control like operto or remote lock or like all these types of stuff that was not there so like there's a um, noise aware um was popular in the room in the sense of like they would have like in one or two units but they wouldn't have them in all so it was like okay interesting uh like to me it was just you know trying to figure out like you know why are people not using safely the number one thing i kept hearing people were like oh man my linen going through linen all the time and going through this i'm like you got to get these products that are helping you like you know there's some some easy research and not to do like a shameless plug but i was like go to hospitality.fm search these topics and find where these content is coming from because there's tons of resources there and yep. so um, shameless plug yeah, shameless plug, but it was like at the end of the day, that's why we built it, right? It's like we want to be a hub where it's like you have a question about housekeeping, about insurance, taxes, uh, accounting, whatever. Like you can go find some kind of dedicated resource. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Well, circling back to a little bit of news since yeah. we were skipping our segments this week, <laughs> you know, I mentioned all business models go through their ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. And last week was pretty rough week for one of the biggest master leasing companies out there, Sonder. Uh, they're down, I think, 88%. It's definitely north of 80. I think it's 88% yeah. since listing. Um, and last week, uh, my heart goes out to the 20% of, of their staff that was laid off. Um, you know, it's, it is very, very normal for a company about six months after the IPO to to start doing layoffs because the the street starts putting pressure on them and you know i would keep my eye out if i was an employee over at vacasa because they're on a similar trajectory um but ultimately that could be you know we talked about at the top of the show a catalyst of things that kind of come together Mm -hmm. that push someone to go start their own business it could be that the next you know 10 best short-term rental companies come out of people that are were cut from Sonder or maybe mm-hmm. cut from Vacasa. Uh, so I think uh, some companies will capitalize on it and get better because they can hire uh, some of these people that were laid off. But at the same time, it, it hopefully will be a catalyst for a lot of people that wanted to go start their own business to actually take the learnings that they've, they've amassed and go put them to use. 100%. And they probably see the the gap, right? Like where are, where's Vacasa, where's Sonder, where are they failing? How can we create something, whether they're technical, like a, you know, like a technical co-founder or maybe more uh, a, a visionary that can find the right people and put them in the right place to, to do that. Um, that's where, again, I'm reading this book. I'm slowly reading this book, I should say. It's been, I think I've had this book since Cancun. Uh, but uh, the super founders book uh, is just basically going through like these companies that are, you know, either a hundred million plus. No. Super founders. uh, It's called the founders. It's the the story of all of the founders and and early stage employees of PayPal. Okay. Just the eight or 10 people that went on to go have their own unicorn after that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like that. But in a more of like, all right, what's, yeah, unicorn sense. It's not just like where he kind of analyzes what makes them 
successful? Was it, did they go to like a proper college where they, you know, college dropouts where they, they, they do a deep analyst. Um, and then they like compare it to 200 other founders in different industries and segments. It's pretty interesting. Um, but you know, he's like kind of, I know you got a point, but it's going through that. Like a lot of people like from LinkedIn have, you know, they left LinkedIn and created a bunch of backend supporting software. You probably would never know the name. You never know the name, but they're a hundred plus, maybe a billion dollar company. Um, and all because like you said, the catalyst of like, they saw the backend working, they develop a product internally, you know, wheelhouse from Lyric is a great example. You know, like they built that wheelhouse while they were operating Lyric, Lyric shut down. Guess what? Yep. They spun that off. Um, yeah. And a plug, plug for another company, D Travel, is started mm. by former Airbnb, former Expedia, former Booking people. They're yeah. literally taking the learnings from all of these major platforms and building the the next major platform. Um, I think a catalyst there uh, was COVID, and a lot of people got laid off. Mm -hmm. uh, not sure if any of the team members were part of that or not from D travel, but they, uh, they saw that there's too much power and control in the hands of the OTAs. So they're building a, a more decentralized platform and it's empowering to the, the host and the manager. So yeah. yeah, I mean, take learnings, go start your own thing. Like part of storied's story is that, no one's focusing on a niche that people mm -hmm. really find fascinating. I haven't spoken to one person that said, Oh, castles. I hate them. Like, why would I, <laughs> I would never want yeah. to stay in one of those. Like that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, but if you crack in a, a step or two deeper, you've got like the second property that I spoke to, I did the research on it's called Fenton tower in Scotland. Uh, spoke to the GM and before the call, I realized that my 13th great grandfather was the owner of this place and mm. just like crazy fortune or whatever. Like this was the second property that I spoke to. Um, so super cool. And then, you know, speaking with an, another colleague of mine who uh, his dad passed away when he was in college and they wanted to find more about his dad and his heritage and all of that. And he tracked it back to a small town in Ireland. Mm. And there's a, a manor house of his family uh, from way back when. And he's gone there and stayed there three times since his, his dad has passed uh, about 10, 15 years ago. So, you know, there, there's really cool connections that you can see that I think you know, the, the big platforms and OTAs miss and the big brands kind of miss because they're just <laughs> pushing heads and beds and they miss the story altogether. Mm. And the story is what people remember. They, when people have told me they've stayed in a castle, I ask them which one and they can't tell you, but they can always tell you a story that they learned about that property. Uh, so hashtag they, you just got storied. That's right. That's where the name <laughs> comes from. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, I, I think that's a, a gap in the market. And then you know, people like to travel in niches, countryside, experiential, Instagrammable, like, you know, this, this segment checks it all off. So, mm. um, yeah, glad to say we, we just signed one of the biggest ones this morning, Ashford Castle in uh, Ireland. So 
exciting morning for the the yeah. team over here at Storied, but it's uh, off to the races. We're we're going to be launching this fall, and we can do a big old campaign uh, coming up. I'm super excited, and it's super cool. Like I, because this is all for everyone listening or watching. This is all been talked about for months behind the scenes like it hasn't just kind of like oh michael started storied and here we go um but you know it's going on for months behind the scenes and the coolest thing about it is that um you know uh the fact that our business is focusing on niche categories right like this is very unique and i think you know the i hate the term riches and niches because i think that can be over you know it's it's a pretty term that everyone thinks that they start a super specific business in a super specific niche that's going to be hugely successful which i don't agree across the board but i think if you get a broad enough category that does have some kind of specialty to it um you know that itself can be really uh yeah i mean we're under no illusion that we're a billion dollar business there's Mm -hmm. not that many castles out there um but it is plenty large to be a hundred million dollar business. Uh, and that's just fine with us. You know, I think the, a lot of people want to be the next super founder and have a unicorn, but there's nothing wrong with building a great company, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and being okay without taking, uh, massive rounds that put insane valuations on you that you have to live up to. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you get, you just get forced into making decisions that you that aren't the right move or you don't want to make because that's what the investors are wanting. So, yeah. um, you know, we've, we've raised some money to date and they're all almost exclusively from the hospitality space. They get it. They see the niche is big enough and specific enough, but, um, you know, is untapped largely. Um, so, you know, we're, we're excited to, to see where this takes us and, if nothing else, it's it's going to be a, a heck of a journey to start it alongside of a couple amazing founders. Um, but yeah, enough about that. One one more it. big piece of news that, that I, came I out. Was gonna, I was <laughs> just going to pull that up because uh, I find this interesting because you talked about uh, design hotels being acquired by, acquired by Marriott. Well, Choice Hotels now has acquired... Uh, Radisson or is going to by the end of uh, 2022 for 675 million. Uh, And for me, I find this very, very interesting because if we rewind three, four, maybe five months ago, Radisson was pretty, I would, I wouldn't say bullish to the point of like Marriott or core or a few other of these like well, well well-known brands. But I will say from what I've heard in the industry, they were trying to get a bigger footprint in America, trying to become a better known brand. And this wasn't just a short-term play to be acquired within five months. It was a long-term play. But sometimes it's better. I mean, kudos to the Radisson team. If that was the strategy and you realize at the end of the day, it's better just to team up with someone. Um, There's there's no shame in that. There's there's no problem no like, shame in it, but I I just can't believe like in my head, Choice is going to ruin the brand. That that is my call. I think Choice Hotels is going to put their crappy design logos uh, all over the place, and then they're going to have this crappy waffle bar, uh, and it's just going to. I, I, I let the Radisson bars or the Radisson brand stick. 
They're going to like no. it. They're buying the brand because it's a household brand. They're but guess what? It, it, Choice Hotels has had the same pattern of like, okay, they, they're Holiday Inns. They're, uh, you know, whatever main, they're, they're mostly a Holiday Inn company. Like that is their known. Holiday Inn is owned. Uh, they're not owned by Choice. They're owned by HG, I believe. No. Oh, wait, they are. Okay, you're right. But Choice Hotels, okay, so yeah, you got me You got me there. I did forget about that. Okay, whatever. I still think that Choice Hotels is going to ruin it over, over a certain period of time. It may not be immediately. It will be soon, though, because it's just Dude, not. How would we play whose brand is it anyway without companies <laughs> buying brands and keeping them? They're going to keep yeah. the brand. They're not they're, they're, they're going to gonna keep it. the brand, but it's not going to be a really good experience. Like I think they're going to just ruin it. It's they they're not they don't know I think that they are trying to get into categories or segments of lodging that they just really don't belong in. Like they're not an upscale or mid-scale type brand. Choice sure. Hotels is definitely a lower economy scale. Yeah, but you said Radisson wants to grow their footprint in the US. What if Choice wants to grow their footprint in Europe? Obviously, they do. They bought Radisson. So, well, this is for the Americas. This wasn't oh, for the Americas. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. I didn't miss that. Yeah. So that's where I. That's why I'm like, because it is a Chinese company, I think. So, um, I don't quote me on that. I just think from what I heard through some other people. Well, um, we've missed a few marks so far. So let's. let's yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's assume that's not accurate. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll uh, double check my do a fact check. Um, but I don't know. I'm just not a fan of choice. I think that they're trying to get into segments that they don't really belong. They're they're definitely an economy scale brand. They're not a mid or upper scale. So, well, well it doesn't Radisson play at multiple levels though? Well, like you have Radisson blue, Radisson red, and I don't remember what other colors. I think there's Radisson green. Um, but again, all pretty similar. There's not much difference. I've stayed in um, probably every single one of them when I was doing my little road, road tour last year in 2021. Um, nothing special. And they're all rundown buildings. So, you know, the buildings were nothing impressive. The beds and the, the bars and the lounges. Yeah, I don't think that's fair, yeah. Will. There's plenty that are in great shape that, that are well taken care of, that have great owners. Like, but we'll see. that's beside we'll the point. Well, hey, let's go. Let's find, a, <laughs> let's find a Radisson to go stay at next week and we'll report live there and see if you can change my mind. All right. All right. That'd be good. All right. Well, we don't have a whose brand is it anyways. Again, uh, sorry. Choice Hotels. Choice Hotels. There you go. Got it. Um, but good week. Uh, really exciting. So I guess my like last final thought, if you didn't attend the STR Wealth Conference last year, you need to attend it this coming up year in 2023. Uh, they haven't announced the venue, but they got enough feedback that they're going to do it again. Um, so hopefully that will happen and we'll see everyone there. Congratulations, Mr. Golden on storied. Very excited to watch the journey and to continue to uh, discover what you guys discover through, uh, through this growth and through this business. Well, we'll be uh, transparent to the audience uh, at every step that, that we can be. Um, so the listeners are along the journey with us. Amen. Well, that's it for good morning hospitality and we'll see everyone again next week.